0: Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from The Christian and Sandy Show, and today we've got an awesome show lined up for you. Just like always, we've got our guests as Rivershine, and really awesome group, really love their song, which we'll get into later in the show and get into a little bit of their story. Um, but anyway, as you know, we're all about just telling the stories behind these great artists. And with further ado, Rivershine, David, are you
1: there? I'm here, buddy. How you doing?
0: Pretty good. And yourself?
1: I'll uh, just uh still out here being a working stiff. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Yeah, <clears throat> you know,
0: we we know that feeling because you know, although we run this show and run new country media, we still have I guess you could say it's a job per se, uh, we do um delivery services. So we do it together. We do. Uh, yes, and to we stay enjoy afloat that. While we build to stay afloat mm-hmm. while we build our brand.
2: hmm Right.
0: Okay. <clears throat> so we're just like, like all y'all artists, you know, tr- trying to pump the pump at one end and trying to stay afloat on the other end.
1: That's true. That's true. I tell you, it's it's a hard balance sometimes, but it all comes down to the music.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah. So tell
1: us a little bit of, tell us a little bit
0: about yourself. Um, uh, you know, a little background for everybody.
1: Oh, uh, I live in the Louisville area i uh, been playing music pretty much, obviously, my whole life. Um, had some a uh, little bit of success in a rock band in the early, mid-90s. And oh, wow. uh, that's how I got to know Mark Slaughter, our producer. And uh, over the course of the years of us taunting a country album, I, I switched over to country probably to... I've probably pl- always played country, but really full time played country in the early 2000s. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, just like everywhere else, the rock scene just kind of went away, oh, and wow. uh, and uh, and the money was in the country. So obviously, <laughs> we uh, a lot of a lot of musicians gravitated towards the countryside of doing things, and uh, I just kind of stayed there, and uh, that's kind of how it all ended up, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because rock and country kind of go together too. Because you got some rock and country out there, that's for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, <laughs> I can remember in uh, '06 and '07 when we were playing out pretty heavy, and we were opening for quite a few artists at the time, and uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. were like, even then, you know, that's not country. That that's not even close <laughs> to country. And then, you know, you you look at today's country compared to what we was even playing then. It's even changed the whole you know what I mean? The whole
3: yeah the
1: whole snap country <laughs> bro country I guess if that's what you want to call it.
0: Yeah. Cause I, you know, Which I love it all.
1: I mean I love all music. Yeah. I can I can listen to classical, I can listen to jazz, blues, I can listen to it all. And I, I understand <laughs> that, that uh you know, you you gotta you gotta be creative yeah. and out of the box on certain things or you're just gonna be the same as everybody else.
0: Yeah, because I remember when Bro Country came along, everybody kept saying, and, and to this day, people still say um, we got to save country music and all that. And what's ironic is they talk about you know, country is Johnny Cash, Moe Haggard, and many of them from that era. That's their heroes of today when they call what they call real country. But what we've learned, we've watched that eight hour uh, mini series called Country Country Music about the background and all that, and come oh, yeah. to find yeah. out when, when Merle Haggard and all them were coming up, the, the nobody like them. them. Yeah, they said, "Oh, they're going to destroy country."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it, it has so, to find a way to. It has to find a way to grow. If we all yeah, played exactly. the same thing and wrote the same songs about tailgates and moonlights and drinking beer, I mean, there <laughs> wouldn't be a whole lot of, you know,
0: yeah. And like you yeah, said, so that's I mean, kind of why we, we
1: we we decided to do this with Mark. We 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 really start, and we write. We write a lot. We're we're actually, I'll let it out of the bag. You know, in a couple of months, mm-hmm. we're actually going to release some of the stuff that we wrote. But our first time out of yeah. the box, we wanted to utilize some of the Nashville writers. And man, there's yeah. there's they're great. You know, that's what they do.
0: So are y'all based in Nashville yet? Or are you planning on it?
1: Uh, soon soon i mean uh we're not necessarily into the whole broadway grind you know mm-hmm.
3: uh yeah. mm-hmm. we
1: like to do uh uh we like to do a show or two here and there and then on you know we travel quite a bit we do some stuff in chicago uh we're starting to grow uh we've got some atlanta mm-hmm. show or in indianapolis that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. and uh we don't be Kind of tied down to one thing. We 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 want to get out yeah. there and actually play for the people, you know. Yeah,
0: that that makes a lot of sense, especially in this day and time, because you've got to, you know, you're starting to see a convergence of some hip hop and and country also, and then some people don't like that. Again, we like we're like you. We like it all, you know. I think that the all we do it's what, mm-hmm. what I like about for the most part, maybe not all fans, but most country fans, if you if you can sing a little bit of country, they're gonna love you.
1: Period. Right. They're and really I, I'm a true believer. You know, I I am a true believer. A good song is a good song. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, 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 and you know,
1: mm-hmm. and if you have the means to put that song out there where people can hear it, it'll be it'll be what it's gonna be on its own, you know? And I realize, yeah, exactly. you know, some labels have a lot mm-hmm. more money than indie artists like us, and they mm-hmm. they they're able to push songs a little bit further than what we would be able to. But uh you know, for just what little bit we got going out there, I mean, man, this week, uh, last week, we're sixty-four on Music Row. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. we just hit forty-one thousand streams on Spotify yesterday morning. Oh wow! I mean, yeah, you know, so it's doing pretty good.
0: <clears throat> that's that's really awesome because again, that's the you know. And I'm sure people when they hear forty one thousand strings, oh you must be making the money.
3: <laughs> no,
1: no, <laughs> no, not when it comes out to twelve cents a string. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but
1: you know, yeah, you gotta get in the millions, you know. Uh, oh yeah. And you know, it it just it it's just work. A lot of people think yeah. that, you know, oh you record a record? Well you're famous.
3: No. Hold <laughs> hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not like that. And
1: you know, I heard yeah. I heard this morning on another show
3: uh,
1: mm-hmm. about Luke Combs. You know, Luke Combs came to Nashville, walked into uh, like three different record labels,
3: and all three mm-hmm. of them turned in – all three
1: of his number ones. Every all three of those labels turned in. Yeah, I heard down. that. A year you know and a half later, about, bam. You know what I mean? And you know,
0: you know, on the Bobby Bones show earlier, I he, Bobby Bones said on his podcast he talked the That's Luke. That's what it was. Night. Yeah. And he he said that Luke Combs, I think he said he was 21 hours from graduating college. And he said, nope, and moved to Nashville.
1: Well, you know, I mean, and and, and you got to believe in it. And that's kind of like us. You know what I mean? And and the truth in today's world, I mean, we could be out here killing it. And, you know, this summer is pretty packed already for us you know our numbers that's and awesome. it's, that's what it's all about today man you got to get you got to have your socials and your fans and you they got to mm. show up for you and exactly. uh, that's what we're just trying to achieve you know uh by putting this stuff out so here locally you know <clears> things <throat> are great because we're right here at home but you know who who knows who we are in, you know in St. Louis yeah so it it takes work you got to get out there and actually work for it so
0: because um on our last Wednesday show where we had Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville, because once a week we do like a segment to where we called um, state of the music business, where we bring on executives from the the business side of music, not artists, just kind of tell where they see music and all that. And Joe says, we were talking about the whole Spotify and all that. And I was like, you know, a lot of people now that we've talked with said, said, um, well, I don't pay for music anymore. It's all free. And I asked Joe. I was like, "How do we change that perception, or do we?" He
3: says, well, "He I... says,
0: oh, that ship." He said that ship's been sailed. He says you'll never make money off your records anymore. The money will be made in live shows, touring. and merchandise. Yep, touring, touring, and merchandise. That's what he said. He's a. He said that's where the focus should be, the most on where you put the most money in is the touring and the merchandise. If you do that. You can right, and make it's a catch twenty-one, though. Dollars. I
1: mean, see, it's a catch twenty-one. The music business has kind of got that roped in now. And what I mean well, by that is,
3: <laughs>
1: it's hard for a new artist to have the numbers to get out the tour if he ain't got something out there that's making the numbers. That's true. Does that make sense. Yeah. So it's kind of a catch twenty-two. Does a does a company like uh, you know creative artists see take just take a chance on a new artist? Sit him in a no, bunch of videos anymore. and hope he start getting fans. You know they can't do that. They can't take they can't take that kind of loss. So they're going to go over that, here to this guy that spent all his money and has a record out and no. has at least ten fifteen thousand followers. You know, and they're going to take a chance on him.
0: And you know it's worse than that because I had um, a guy who just got a job at one of the um, big big one of the Sony affiliates. On my friends list, and we were talking privately, and and he was telling me, he says, um, I've got a duo already signed. I've got uh, um, uh, a man, male. So said, I'm looking for a female. He said if you know any female, and he started out saying with fifteen thousand, and I was like, okay, I got that, I got that. And then he said YouTube subscribers. I was like, ooh, I ain't got right. that. You know, because again, the, I, I went through most of the people I know who went to their YouTube was like up oh, five thousand, oh, up seven thousand oh. I was like, okay, they don't even fit and and, they, and I'm not talking people that have hundred and twenty one thousand. You know, you can Facebook go out there fans. and
1: literally you can go out there and literally hire a company and see uh fifteen thousand fifteen thousand followers is gonna probably cost you around five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know, and that's that's where the average is. Just to just to get your YouTube streams up where they need to be, it's probably going to cost you between thirty five hundred to five thousand dollars to get those streams, or to get those mm-hmm. plays, or or it's going to take you five years. Who wants to Who wants to <laughs> wait five years?
0: And it's real. And see, we're getting into kind of the struggle side of the music business, and I guess this is good. Because that—that's we want to. Our show we want to bring out. We want to show people that you know, music's not easy. In fact, it's probably from what we've seen of the different areas of of business out there, the music business right. has got to be the far hardest I've ever seen out there.
1: It's tough, man. <coughs> I mean, we gotta love the play. You know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just I I don't. This is uh, I don't know how to really put it. I mean we just found some of the best songs in the direction that we felt we could and, mm-hmm. uh, from riders and, you know, and that's what we did. We're kind of doing trying to do. And, uh, just trying to do the right thing instead of, yeah. I'm not, you know, and I guess what I'm trying to say by the right thing is, is, uh, Paid away. I mean, if I had yeah, somebody exactly. that came in and gave us a hundred thousand dollars, and you know, I mean, obviously them them artists there have the jump, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're doing Sorry. it the grassroots
1: way, right? I mean, we're we're just indie artists paying our way, trying to pay our way for ourselves, and you know, do the and it's you know, again for for us. The music Mm is kind of talking for itself. It's doing good, you
0: know? Yeah, compared to a lot of indie artists, y'all are better positioned than a lot that we've seen out there, which is good. You know, you're starting to get some traction. And of course, I'm not saying it's going to be easy from this point because it never is, but you are starting to get a really
1: good bit of traction. And it's taking time, you know? Um, It's taking a little bit of time. Like I say, it's it's come a long way since we started a year and a half ago with a lover, and now like mm-hmm. that, uh, when the lover come out to music row, I mean, in order to put a song up on Billboard, a lot of people don't realize that's a that's like a half a million venture. Yeah, that's a that's big money to put your uh, stuff up on Billboard and promote it mm-hmm. the way it should be. <laughs> And so, you know, that's why a lot of indie artists and newer artists hit the music road first, because it at least get mm-hmm. you out there and get your song getting yeah. played on radio. So yeah, that,
0: That's one of the hardest things I've seen with radio, is radio normally don't play
1: indie artists. It's tough. Um, our third single, possibly we might move over to uh, try to get a little bit of a, uh, top one hundred heat seeker, mm-hmm. but that's even mm-hmm. going to be tough to do. Yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of where we're at with it, you know. Just kind of go play, yeah. play as much as we can, and move and forward as much
0: as we can. <laughs> that's an awesome way to be. I mean, you're doing you're doing the passion that God put in place in your heart, and you got a gift. And that's what matters. You're out there using that gift to share with the world. We're trying. <laughs> so at what age did you know you wanted to do music?
1: Um, well, actually, I can tell you a short little story about that, man. Uh, I was telling a friend of mine the other night, and he was like, man, he said, "How what actually got you started? Well, my family plays for yeah. one thing. I have a big family that – we they've always played on weekends and done all that. And uh, and uh, anyway, I'm kind of in a pickle. But anyway, what I was saying was, is, uh, long story short, back in the day in Louisville, Kentucky, we used to go to a Philip Morris free concert every year at the Ooh. fair. And uh, I went, believe it or not, I was probably 13, 14 years old, and Billy Ray Cyrus was opening up for Loretta Lynn and Conway Twit. Oh, wow. And uh, them two played, and then uh, um, the lights went down. Conway Mm came out and said, hello, darling, and the roof came off that (laughs) place. And I said, I want to do that oh wow (laughs) you know that's what got me on it and of course my dad and all them uh, you know played on weekends and done all their stuff Mm -hmm. and things like that and uh, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what got me into it of course when I first started in the late 80s and 90s I was had the whole 80s rock thing going on and (laughs) Yeah, that's that's where I started at And then switched over to country As we were talking earlier
0: So you've always liked country Even back then?
1: Yeah, because that, you know I was raised up on that stuff You know, just like a lot of people Mm. Uh, I was on the whole Merle uh, Willie and all that Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And then I have two older sisters And that's kind of where the whole rock thing come in, and... Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I'd have to say that, you know, country's always been rooted in what I've always done, you know? But I didn't really take it serious till probably the early 2000s, playing around Louisville, and um, we got the opportunity to... We got the opportunity to play... um, in a club here in Louisville, Kentucky that uh mm-hmm. kind of famous that's called uh used to be called Coyotes. Oh wow and we ended up being the house band there <laughs> on Thursday nights and I got I got lucky enough to open for Jason Aldean, Eric Church, all them guys before they even went number one.
0: Oh that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh wow So it's kinda yeah, yeah we... it's kinda come around full circle, you know. I've always kind of stayed at it. I probably took about a five year I don't know, I, I didn't really take it off. I was playing for other people. But yeah. uh uh I played that but you know at this at this level right here and you mm-hmm. your traveling weekends, like we all have day jobs still and mm-hmm. some of these some of these shows Requires us to leave on Fridays. You gotta, you gotta really want to do it and be involved yeah. in it. If you know you're making the sacrifice to do it, I I believe we've yeah. got some good enough music that we can get out there and actually play on. You know, and have a career mm-hmm. on. It's just uh, building the blocks to do it.
0: Speaking of the music, we're gonna take a small break. And then after the break, I will play your song like that, and then we'll come back and discuss your music. How's that?
1: All right.
0: Sure. All right.
2: Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast
3: Everybody wants a love that makes everybody else want to live like that. There's a couple in the corner of the coffee shop on the same side of the booth. They've been coming in here for 35 years, but they Everybody wants to know deep down
0: What a great song that was! Thank you. Sandy really likes that too, because kind of love we want. You know, we've been married, you know, over seventeen years now, and so many people have told right. us They want the, the. many people have told us that they want the kind of love that we have, and they don't realize the work you got to put into it. Right. Oh yes,
2: a lot of work too.
1: <laughs> it is. I. Uh, you know. Uh, through another publisher, we we uh, had that song pitched to us in the beginning, and I just I was mm-hmm. dumbfounded that somebody hadn't picked it up. I mm-hmm. think somebody major mm-hmm. had it on hold for a little while, and I and I'm, I'm I guess they backed off of it or whatever, and I was like, holy yeah. crap! And yeah. we got lucky enough and uh, to grab a hold of it, and uh, it mm-hmm. just I mean, we just shot the video to it. Uh, last month, and it's out now, mm-hmm. and uh, we just kind of followed the storyline to it, you know, and uh, yes, just, it come out good.
0: Yeah, we think so a because we watched the video, and came, I love the way you put it together.
2: Thank
1: you. Oh yes, we loved it.
0: It's so a pretty good. You, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So how so? How did your band meet?
1: Well, it's kind of a collaboration. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, the way I have to say it is, uh, the drummer Jack and me have been friends for a long, long time. He mm-hmm. played. He actually played in probably one of the top rock bands in Louisville there ever was. And I played in one of the top country bands in Louisville. And there was a huge club here that was called Phoenix Hill. And the, they would just they would set their weekends up where either they played upstairs and we played downstairs or vice versa. That way it would, it would draw the most crowd on the weekends. That makes sense. And, uh, oh yeah, you could get it all in this club. And and on the second level you could get, and it was acoustic act on the second level. I mean, you got it all. I mean, it, it was a great place, but now it's gone. And you know, anyway, and then the other guys, uh, Alex, the bass player, we he played with me here about seven, eight years ago, and another little thing that I did yeah. around town uh, that really didn't go anywhere. We were just out having some fun and just kind of everybody just kind of went and done their own thing after that. And then when mm-hmm. I was doing this again, you know, uh, Bill, our old singer, was referred to me. By a friend of mine, and uh you know uh like I say, this business is sometimes it's just tough, and yeah. when the when the business kind of got into the part where it was travel and mm-hmm. devoting a lot of time to it, you know it was just something he didn't realize that it was going to take and,
0: yeah
1: and then a friend of mine uh another friend of mine around town, a musician. Uh told me to go check out Richard because I wasn't gonna give up on the project.
3: <laughs>
1: and uh you know, uh Richard came in and rehearsed and loved what we had going on and Richard had toured before and mm. knew the whole deal and he was like, Man, I'm I'm these songs are just crazy good. So <laughs> we went in, cut like that, put it out. We're in mm. the process now of getting the other songs done, getting them back out. Mm. And uh, looking forward to the next single. That's kind of how it all come come down.
0: Oh, wow. So do y'all all get along, or do you bump heads sometimes?
1: Oh, no. I mean, production-wise and, and playing on stage-wise, man, it's just like I say. Me and Jack's known each other for so long. We just
0: Yeah, you just blend perfect.
1: Richard just came in and just fit, fit in like a glove. He knew what was up, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, last week we opened up for Scotty McQuery here at uh, the Mercury Ballroom to probably 2,000 plus.
3: Oh, it wow. was a great show. Yeah. So
0: who's been some of your musical influences through your life?
1: Man, it, it, it's across the spectrum for me. Uh, I, I mean, I go from Stevie Ray Vaughan to Hank Jr. Obviously. Old Merle, mm. obviously, but then again, man, I'm a super fan of some of the new stuff coming out. Man, I mean, yeah. John Party,
3: he is killing it, yeah, he's man. Awesome. You know, yeah, he is. Uh, oh
1: yes, he is. And you know, obviously, you can't leave Keith out. Keith, see, I, I mean, I, I look at Keith's career, and you, and you look at what mm-hmm. that guy's done from once once he started. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 run the gauntlet, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has And he's just uh, And that's kind of like I, I want to give a shout out to Mark there a little bit Mark Slaughter uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that You know, in the 80s When Slaughter came out, him and Dana Produced everything you heard on the radio huh. oh,
0: wow. they, mm-hmm. they
1: are geniuses, wow. man In the studio So having him produce this And kind of guide the light a little bit Man, was just awesome you know, because even I'm not going to say country's different than rock, or rock's different than country. In the studio, Mm -hmm. you're still doing the same mechanical kind of things, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Just
1: different tones, different lyrics, different kind of thing, but the direction in the studio was still kind of the same, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just having him in there and and watching him do tricks of the trade, learning it, (laughs) man, it's just crazy good, you know?
0: So what's been your favorite venue to play at so far?
3: Uh,
1: I'm going to have to say the wild horse, man. We got an opportunity to do it last year in January. And man, it was, it was just fabulous. That venue will always have a place, you know, for me. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw one of my very first best concerts ever there. And, uh, And it was great. <laughs>
0: so and what? Um, I can't wait to do some, it again. So what would? What are some of the venues you you haven't played yet that you want to play?
3: Oh,
1: well, you know, uh, I can't. There's quite a few. Cotton Eye Joe, Knoxville. I mean, we're trying to uh, flip over. Not necessarily slip mm-hmm. over, we're trying to get to where we're we're doing we're doing our regional thing. I cool. love playing small clubs i I love doing that, yeah. but the grind of three and four sets and all that stuff mm-hmm. you know is pretty tough, especially out on the road. so uh we've been enjoying these two hour sets opening for people. And the mm-hmm. a lot of the clubs that we've been playing here lately we've been doing two hour sets and it just seems that you can lay it down I guess percent per se. Yeah. You keep the crowd energy up for two hours versus three sets and you take breaks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna say the bigger clubs, you know. Um Armadillo, you know, you, uh Columbus, Ohio. Places like that that's just built in. Tequila Cowboy, oh, you know, in uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. And they got a Tequila Cowboy now, I guess, part of Jason Aldean's bar there. But yeah. there's actually been two or three across the country that host a lot of the up-and-coming, you know, artists. You know,
0: you know y'all know, you are doing it right. Because I, I remember one advice that Brandon Maddox, who's a songwriter, singer-songwriter out of Nashville, asked him one time, what advice would he give up-and-coming people? And his advice was, before you move to Nashville, he says, he says everybody makes this mistake. I'm going to go to Nashville. And then they realize that they're intimidated a little bit because there's such quality Absolutely. in Nashville. He says, before you move to Nashville, he said, nothing wrong with coming to Nashville, doing your thing. But he said, before you make that move, build your local space first then your regional base first, then make the move because then when you make the move while you're struggling in Nashville, your base still supports you.
1: Pretty much. I mean, we're lucky enough from Louisville, you know, we're three hours away. We can be in, mm-hmm. we can be in Nashville in a split second, basically,
3: you know, <laughs> if yeah. we have
1: any meetings or anything like that going mm-hmm. on, we can get down there or we get lucky enough to get an opening or something, you know, and, uh mm-hmm. Like, uh, this year, uh, we've decided to kind of set out of CRS,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and we're going to focus on CMA Fest. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, and you know, it just really depends what's uh, what's happening. You know, we get the invite to come down and o- open and play like, um, you know, Whiskey Jam one night or something like that. It, that's very mm-hmm. possible. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens
0: <laughs> So if you could Co-write with any person dead, or, This is a two part question Most people probably ask you this first part But I don't think nobody's ever asked you the second part But if you could co-write with anybody Dead or alive Who would it be and what would your song be about?
1: I'm going to say have As a songwriter I would have to write With Keith Urban
3: <laughs>
1: Oh wow and I would write. I would write one, probably, probably just about everyday life. Because in the beginning, Keith Urban, when he wrote, you know, um, his first album, Golden Road, was just incredible. Mm-hmm. That whole record was. Mhm. And there wasn't a whole lot of co-writes on that. A lot of that yeah. was, was cheaper. So, oh, wow. you know, I'd have to say that'd probably benefit. I would like to do that for
3: me.
0: Yeah. So who's been probably your most supportive person in your life for your music? That's the person that says, you can do this. Cause, you know, most times when you're in music, people say, don't do it. But who's right. like the most supportive behind you?
1: Well, obviously my family is. You know, they they've always since day one they've always pushed it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say Mark Slaughter. You know, when he oh, called right. me, when he called me a couple of years ago, and he was like, "Man," he said, "I just finished my first solo record, and while my socials mm-hmm. are up, this is the way mm-hmm. Mark thinks." Mm-hmm. And he's he's like, while my socials are up, let's get this country record in for you. And I was like, okay. okay. And he said, well, let's find some songs. And, you know, I mean, in that point in time, I mean, I had an idea of some friends and around town that would would probably be interested in doing it, you know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And making, um, I, guess, I, I guess, one last run ditch effort, you know what I mean? And maybe having yeah. a little bit of a career at it. And here yeah. we are. You know what I mean? Yeah, because
0: our, as we're starting to wind down a little bit, when we get to the end, we always have my son ask one question. He wants to run his own podcast one day. So if you'll go to mommy.
3: <laughs>
0: we always have allow him to ask artists one question. Okay. Um, he's eight years old.
1: Hi. Hello. What uh uh what's
2: your favorite food?
1: My favorite what? Food?
2: Yeah yes.
1: Oh wow man. <laughs> I like all kinds of food. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say yes. if it has to be my favorite it's probably gonna be barbecue. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's my downfall because I eat it a lot. Wow. <laughs> You ain't gotta worry about that yet.
3: <laughs>
0: he he loves pizza. Yeah.
3: Okay. I have bye. To, yeah,
1: I'd have to say I'd have to say barbecue's my favorite.
0: <laughs> so when you look back yes, on your life, he enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, he always enjoyed. So when you look back on your life, if if there's one song out there. It it can be yours, or it could be somebody else's. What one song describes your life?
3: Oh, wow.
1: Country boy can survive. <laughs> That's a <good laughs> true. If you knew where I come from, yes. you know what That's I'm it. saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, at one point in time in my life, we probably had a thousand head of cattle. Oh, wow. Yeah. And at 11 years old, that you know, at ten, eleven, twelve years old, and you're do, you're t- you're doing that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh you have a lot of responsibility all of a sudden in your life, and life hits you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So how was that yeah. era yeah. in your life? Now what? So how was that era in your life when you were doing the cattle ranch at eleven years well, old? Well, I can't say that, that
1: I really, really, really enjoyed it. Three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. 10 below wow. zero and you're out there mm-hmm. feeding cows yeah. or you got a cow having a calf and, you know, <laughs> kind of.
0: <laughs> but it made you kind of crazy. Now what? Now it made you who you are today.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I learned, I learned values real quick. You know, it, like I say, that kind of stuff, is in a way I'm glad we did it and and then my dad you know decided to leave the the farm thing and go to a factory and you know he mm. stayed at the factory for 30 some years but oh, wow. um you know which is rare that you hear of that anymore
3: because True.
1: you know I guess dad saw in the future then saw that uh farming was just going to be really really tough
3: Mhm,
1: And that's kind of where it laid, you know?
0: Yeah, because nowadays it's just, you got the big farms, but you don't have the little farms anymore, hardly.
1: It's hard for a little guy, you know, to, to make it in today's world. That's for sure.
0: And that's within the industry, but I think it's probably more harder within the music. It really is.
1: Right. It, yeah. The independent guy out here struggling that just loves to play music, but and you know he—that's a perfect mm-hmm. example. You you could have a guy sitting in a little bar room in the middle of nowhere playing a number one song he wrote, but nobody'll ever hear it because he ain't got the money to put it out there.
0: That's crazy, ain't it? It is. It is crazy. That's like that's like and I remember the story. And
1: there's the, there's the there's that good of writers around here. There really is.
0: Like I remember the story, and I'm. I hope I get this story right, but but if I remember correctly, um, a a guy sang his song. I don't know if it was a bluebird, but one of the places in Nashville, and a guy comes up to him and says, "If you'll hold that song and don't let anybody have it, when I get signed, I want to. I want that to be. Yep. I want that to be my first single.
1: Can you imagine the dance by Garth Brooks? Yep, exactly.
0: Can you imagine that though? You don't know who this guy is. He's an unknown. He tells you, "When I get signed, I'm signing that." And then well, Garth was looked. turned
1: down by everybody.
0: <laughs> and then now look. And from what I understand, well, that that, that guy even. Wrote a lot of songs for Garth through the years Because of that connection Oh
1: yeah <clears throat> Absolutely Sometimes man the the stars line up And they and they happen You know uh, Like I'm happy for Luke You know he moved to Nashville And within a year and a half He had a deal and within two years Look at him You know
0: Cause that's unusual I mean that because rarely
1: Rarely happens
0: because usually they call Nashville the ten, the ten year city for a reason.
1: Uh, it's not no anymore though, man, because of social media. That's all changed. And I really truly believe if you got good stuff and the right mm. person hears it, you know, mm. it'll get. Out I of mean, it. we've had offers. You know what I mean? But I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of holding tight. Yeah,
0: because Joe Joe Kelly made a good when we were talking last Wednesday. He said that because there's so much tools. For the independent artists now, that don't he he was telling artists do not go sign with a label, build your life, right. make make yourself a profit of one or two hundred thousand a year. That way, when they come to you, you now can deal. He says if you don't do that,
1: you're screwed because they will screw you. Well, we created our own label, and if Warner hmm. wanted to come and sign us tomorrow. They'd have to attach to us and distribute us. Yeah. Not sign us, distribute us. And that's the way we've set it up. That's awesome.
0: At least you're thinking ahead. So what advice would you give someone just starting out in the music
1: business? Man, make good music. You know, it all comes down to the truth. Really, the truth is, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, you can't make it in your basement and expect it to be radio ready. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta yeah. let the pros master it, mm-hmm. get it ready for radio. You know what I'm saying? Listen, yeah. my best advice is listen to people that's been there for years,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: they're not going to tell you wrong. Exactly. Some people have different ways and different ideas, but it all comes back around to good music. If you write good music, it'll find a way.
0: Okay. That's, that's good. Really good advice. So as we got two more I questions, mean,
1: one is, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, oh, I was just saying, you know, a, a lot of number ones are pushed to number one because of certain other factors.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, and I know why, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, yeah, and then a lot of you know a lot of us artists out here don't have that kind of push. You know, yeah. when when big labels have their own radio station with three or four million followers on it, and they break mm-hmm. a new artist. Ten years ago, they had to spend a million dollars on that artist to get out there and play. Now all they got to do is just put that artist on the radio station, internet radio station, and mm-hmm. two million people hear it in a week. So, it's kind of a clip of the coin, you know. Yeah.
3: For yeah, us, we like don't have that kind of money, years.
1: so we got we we're doing the best we can. We're mm-hmm. going to tour a little bit this summer, get in front of uh, some people, at some festivals, and hopefully it'll mm-hmm. grow.
0: That is awesome. At least you're doing what you love, and that's what matters, really. And and eventually, the money will follow. It'll, you know, you know. So right. if, if you could if you could wave a magic wand, where would you want to be in five years?
1: Well, hopefully, do an arena. You know what I mean. I'd yeah. like to. I'd like to be able to substantially hold our own uh, tours every year without being mm-hmm. tour support. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be great. Just to be able to go out and play great music <laughs> for good people,
0: and have that people show awesome. up. You know. Yeah, that's important. Have people show up. So, as we run down to our last thing, so I don't miss anything that I needed to hit. If you were interviewing yourself, what question would you ask you that I have not asked?
3: Oh, dude,
1: I have no idea. <laughs> that's a good. I mean, one. <laughs> I think I've been asked everything. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we'll we'll leave it at that. If you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you.
1: Yeah, man, you can get us uh on uh dot com. You can get it as Facebook official, uh, uh Twitter official or Facebook or uh what am I thinking of Instagram. Oh we're on all of yeah. it. Go follow us, click like, go out there and check out like that, new video on YouTube, stream us, Spotify, put us on your playlist. That's what so it many takes. Tools.
0: So many tools. Love that.
1: Oh, there's a bunch out there, man, and you got to utilize them all today. If not, you get left <laughs> behind.
0: <laughs> yep. Well, we really enjoyed this conversation with you. And this I appreciate will be uploaded you having me on. We- and this will be uploaded to our website, newcountrybuzz.com, later today because it'll, it'll be on Spotify. It'll be on… Um, I Heart Media, all that I mean I Heart Radio and all that So, Good deal um, But we loved having you on here It was really awesome And we look forward to the day to bring you back later Down the road
1: Absolutely, I'll be happy to come back anytime
0: And you have a really blessed day today You too
1: Thank you all very much Thank you, bye
0: Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's show. And tomorrow we have another State of the Music Business coming up, and it's going to be Trevor Perkins with Perkins Publicity. Really great guy. Um, He's got an interesting story. He started the music business at 13 years old, so you're going to love it. And we will see you tomorrow.